Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Leftology Podcast. Today, I am joined by our uh, new guest, Patrick, and uh, our new host, Patrick, not guest. <laughs> Got my words mixed up. And then our um, guest that has been on the most, uh, 100% of the times, uh, is Isocratic. <laughs> awesome. Um, I wanted to start us talking today. Uh, we had a very big Twitch stream happen this week, which it might not be very important on the large scale of politics, but it did get 400,000 views, which I believe is top like 10, top 20 all time, uh, with AOC playing Among Us with other Twitch streamers and Ilan Omar. Yeah, I thought that was really, really cool, actually, because um, the internet's, like, so powerful when it comes to, like, political stuff. I think more so than people even give credit for. Like, I still see people argue saying that, like, doing some sort of politics online isn't at all activism. But I totally disagree because I think, like, the, the internet has such a, an influence on people's way of, like, thinking. And I think, like, it's just really interesting to see actual Congress people take this medium and use that to like you know get people to go vote or influence them on these political beliefs and i actually hope this happens more often because i think that'll get people more engaged with uh politics yeah i think not only was it huge outreach but for me in particular it did a lot to humanize those politicians and like it's like AOC was also on uh the past season of like RuPaul's Drag Race and seeing her there and really helps you feel more connected to her and I think a lot of people want more connection than just policy positions they like they want people they like too yeah you kind of like it's almost like a parasocial relationship with their uh, representatives which is which is good because then it um having that sort of relationship makes their feel like there's even more responsibility for them to represent us correctly. You know, it's not, it's, it's more than, Hey, you have this job in DC and I hardly know about you. It's more like, Hey, we're kind of friends in a weird way. Don't you want to make sure we're not like starving to death? Like, don't you want to make sure you pass good policy? Yeah. yeah. And it's like, I think the parasocial relationships might be something that's kind of been uh, under underused by the left. I mean, cause the entirety of a, uh, the online right-wing politics is all just building parasocial relationships with like internet father figures. Well, yeah, you have like uh, Ted Cruz and I think Dan Crenshaw that go on to like um, <laughs> Crowder's like stuff, um, Louder with Crowder or whatever. Like he, they go on that show and then they get to like put out their personality a little bit. And it basically does the exact same thing, but for right-wingers. And I think that's helped kind of fuel their like continuation of having like younger because if i mean if we look at gen z for instance gen z is like polarized the furthest right the furthest left whatever and i think that has played a big part in getting a lot of like younger people being right because they don't care about the policy they care about the the, the memes you know and I, yeah. and I think that's been able to, to influence them quite a bit yeah and i think it's like it's been talked about it but it's a uh, which politician would i want to go fucking grill and have a beer with it's not about policies really <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, Ted Cruz is not one. I, I prefer staying alive. <laughs> Dude, I want him out of office. He's my rep. Uh, love it. Uh, Beto love almost it. got him. I think, he, did he? He probably made a few mistakes. Beto, Beto was really close. Um, except I think Beto messed himself up because 
whenever he ran for president, he went super hard on guns. And I'm yeah. like, well, if you ever planned on having a future in Texas, that might be gone now. Yeah, that that's gone. He went <laughs> too hard on one thing to try and win a presidency. Yeah, yeah but uh, my thoughts is there is the like populist wing of the Republican Party and Crenshaw, Ted Cruz, and Donald Trump kind of deal where there is the parasocial relationship. But it differs from like the older type of like more economic conservative deal, maybe like socially like moderate or slightly conservative, but not liberal. Um, of like, I was doing research for an article on my school's newspaper, school's newspaper, on like the local candidates, and um, the one running against the person that I'm working for or that I'm interning for, like his entire policy was making sure that they went to the state capitol less and less. Like, I think there was a bill to pass where they would do a budget for two years instead of just one so that they could spend less time in Columbia. Like, why? It, <laughs> so, it was just so that they'd spend less, like, taxpayer money being there. So that, it's, so that's it. it. It's kind of strange how, like, on the right wing, they're pushing this idea of, like, the left wants total anarchy and chaos, yet the right's the one that are trying to like step out of government and reduce its power more and more and more. Wait, well, you, yeah, you have to love the, um, so there's a big contradiction here. So the left simultaneously wants anarchy, but wants big government and conservatives want small government, but a huge military and police force. Um, so it, they're super uh, like hypocritical when they, when they make, when they levy critiques towards, left or even like what they say they stand for it's it's this gets into what we were going to talk about later with prager you but lordy (laughs) we can honestly go ahead and transition i don't think there's much to say about the aoc stuff yeah i I just think the before we switch i think the aoc stuff is really good if she continues streaming and keeps up those numbers it could definitely be very beneficial to have a more progressive generation come up yeah and I, i think i think more progressives should do it too i think like the more we get out there um like that take like congress people taking or even people who are running campaigns taking like these mediums to influence people hopefully we'll pull a lot more like gen z people to the left yeah i think like the one thing that uh leftism has to focus on is being more friendly and being more like uh dumbing down ideas for people and like making it very simple and easy to understand because i think a lot of these concepts like we were talking about before we started recording need better explanations well we can't we can't just go let's let's start at the yeah <laughs> yeah yeah like our, the basis book is like this big like that that's what our like theory is based on. i haven't it's right i here. have it and uh, it's, i have capital on my i computer. haven't touched it i put my i put my bookmark where the book starts at page 120 because uh ingles was like i'm gonna write four prefaces for every time it comes out before i die and yeah, I've read, I've read a good much. bit of it on the PDF, but the moment I bought the actual book, because I thought I'd read it more if I bought the actual book, I haven't touched it. Like, <laughs> it's so just I, after the first three chapters, I'm like, Ugh, see, that's so why, like, Cam, I talked to you a bit about like I, I want to push you to do the leftology videos that are essentially just taking leftist uh, terminology and just explaining it in very understandable ways to people. It's like it'd be like the Gravel Institute, but we don't hire people that make other people really angry. <laughs> Speaking of the Gravel Institute, how do you guys feel about like their social media marketing where it's very kind of like purposely unprofessional? 
that that's uh, just the new age th- that's like the new generation thing i think it works in their benefit to have something unprofessional yeah, yeah like like when they told prager you to like shut the fuck up or something like, <laughs> oh my god <laughs> like that that's how the right got so many like 14 year olds it was just acting like all tough it's like i don't care or anything it's just dude it's like acting as a cool guy like that works for children or for teenagers yeah that, I that's think what they look up to the cool more, guy that's just like i don't care yeah more important than policy is being like cool and counterculture and being like fucking edgy and i think right now even though it's like years later people still see the left as like big red yelling at you for saying words that they don't like you know yeah, I mean, this kind of like that's what me and uh, Cameron talked about on the uh, the last podcast about like how we have to have some sort of room for some edginess because it's just what attracts people. Like that sort of like counterculture, edgy sort of thing is how you get all like the the young people. Yeah, it, it it's definitely better the way Gravel Institute does it because they are punching up. It's not the way the right did it back in like 2015 and 2016. Yeah, yeah. Gained such a large basis was to punch down that like that's where we've gotten to the point where we have ooh, what can i say and not get demonetized eventually on youtube <laughs> <laughs> let's go like to the point like in extreme this is like like a year or two down the line of going down the pipeline but like holocaust denial like that comes back to just being like making the holocaust jokes and the uh, being like making jewish jokes yeah we got we got to be edgy down. but but the opposite way like punch up like make fun of the rich like do what the comedy operas did in the classical era but i i think there's there's definitely a benefit for the gravel institute uh but we we do have to hold them accountable definitely we can't let them get by on any any like 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 Mouthy's video where he came in and he was like a nuance bro and he was like actually you should use this study instead to make that point gee i don't think new pushing like deep nuance is going to be great for moving people over i thought it was not for pushing for nuance but more of pushing for like making sure that all of these statements are correct to the like there's like it's just an impenetrable wall of facts okay so i think i think there's like different levels of like leftism all right so you got like you're like bringing people to the left and i think gravel institute does that pretty well and then there's those of us who are on the left already and it's like okay well let's make the people the entry point to the left as accurate as possible and that's kind of like our job is to like yeah. kind of criticize ourselves, you know, sharpen, sharpen the knife that is leftism. Um, so I think it's, it's fine. I just yeah. thought it was really funny. And I called it's different nuance bro for it. Cause it's just, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, definitely. It's going to be interesting to see what these things lead to because the Gravalance dude has had fairly popular support so far and yeah they're doing pretty well i think they they've almost reached their third to last goal on patreon i haven't i haven't patreon subbed to them but Dude, uh, i think uh like another great entry point into leftism is like the insane amount of uh young people just making tiktok videos on concepts and shit oh yeah like uh kelly and conway's daughter <laughs> <laughs> dude not even just her but i think um that like what i was saying to you about explaining leftist concepts is like taking those bite-sized understandable tiktoks but packaging them in a not professional but like putting them into youtube videos that's a little more accessible to millennials than like tiktok 
because like TikTok's very Gen Z. Well, that's what I think Gravel Institute has actually done pretty well is they're breaking down some like simple, like more complicated ideas, like um, trying to explain like how capitalism influences the government and whatnot and being able to do it in like five minutes, like uh, without having to give you like an essay to read or something you yeah. know, or like a whole. Oh, book. yeah. And I think we need more of that. Definitely. Uh, I think the Gravel Institute is a great start, but I think we need more like uh, just like single people that aren't making hour-long like cut from their stream videos have y'all watched zexazy by any chance i has like heard of him two, he has two kind of like prager U-ish looking like videos but it's on like he has one called abolish private property he has some other one but it's basically marks and minutes and it's like a 10 minute video that explains a marxist concept that's not an introductory level kind of deal no you need <laughs> you definitely you need concepts that make sense in the realm of capitalism like i think you need to bring people over to like the free market like, where everyone's like co social first. you need some like social democracy explaining not yeah not we're trying to get to like we're trying to accept them like imperialism wait, bad. Wait, we can't wait. get on like the private property stuff. Y'all don't, don't want to abolish private property tomorrow? Come on. <laughs> see, see, like what 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 I kind of want to focus on is like more moving people over to uh, m- pushing for more co-ops, more workplace democracy, showing that Practical not all change. government programs are bad. Government programs can be fucking great. I mean, we everyone's loves social security now everyone wants to protect social security because it's a program that we do well and we can do healthcare well uh we could probably do housing well we are a rich nation and also i think one of the other things i want to get people to think about is is maximum profit the ultimate goal that we need to be working towards because i've seen a lot of people will say uh co-ops won't make as much money but if they're working more ethically and all their workers are happier and have are able have more wealth is the maximum profit really that big of a deal yeah true like there has to be some sort of balance between like maximizing economic growth and um happiness and i think like economic growth is important especially while we exist in capitalism but yeah we definitely need to be like well is it worth slowing down a little bit for like the sake of people's well-being you know yeah and i think it's also like connecting to what people already like i mean people like child labor laws people like eight-hour work days they like their weekends um i think people like minimum wages i'm not actually sure <laughs> they're not happy with the one we have currently yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I i don't think most people want to so, abolish the minimum wage but i think like connecting with things people already like and explain and like just moving them the next step forward is much more impactful than being like here's why we need to abolish private property this this, this is why it's important to act as a um so be be a radical leftist communist but at the same yeah. time function as a progressive liberal be maybe like a social democrat and convince people to that because the truth is communism isn't happening for a really fucking long time so you gotta you yeah gotta and people put, care about what's in their the, lifetime and you, yeah you gotta start putting the breadcrumbs out to get people walking that way uh, so, which is going to be like social democracy me so far the video ideas we've had i have a essay finished for a video like the script for wage slavery which i think that's a pretty basic concept uh yeah I thought of one yesterday. It was like a history of gentrification. That might be a series more than a singular video. Uh, so originally, we had 
So there's five European countries that have no minimum wage, but they have an effective minimum wage from about 13 to 16 US dollars. And that's Switzerland, Iceland. I know Sweden has it, and Finland, and then Denmark, I want to say. Yeah, if you're going to do something on uh, wages, also bring up how productivity and our wages have like um, split. Like we're way more productive than what we were when the minimum wage was instituted, and wages haven't really moved. Um, throughout that time, but productivity has like skyrocketed. Yeah, there's so. uh, the counter argument to that, which uh, one of our former hosts has put and spread, but it was changing the metrics of the scale because that graph is like median family income compared to pr productivity. And the the way they used it changed from median to mean, which I'm, I'm taking my basic stats course to get through my like... Wasn't it mean of like all wages, not even just like working class wages? It, it, I believe it was the mean of all wages, which is not uh, statistically good. Yeah, That's and not no, good one's, statistic. no one's talking about how like the money's just disappearing as productivity goes up. It's just, it's all being funneled into a specific group of uh, people. There's also the ones that it was, um, the we're not getting poor. The reason the middle class is shrinking is not because we're getting poor. It's because we're getting richer, but it puts like poverty at like 35,000 a year. It's also like, it like didn't, it didn't uh, adjust for like inflation. It, it might. Did it? I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. That was like a month it. ago. So I don't remember, but I, I don't think 35,000 is a good indicator of if somebody's living a substantially okay life. I wouldn't consider 40,000 middle-class maybe on the very, very low reaches be of like it. at like lower middle class if it was considered middle class. Yeah. But um, I think in the connotation, of the middle class, we think of being able to achieve some sense of the American dream of like having a picket fence and a house with at least like two to three bedrooms. And I don't think 40,000 could sustain that. But depends, other people depends think on where it, you live. That's, the, yeah. that's another thing too, is like um, living. The reason why some of these like, metrics are hard to figure out is like depending on where you live to like forty thousand dollars can either be absolutely nothing or it can be a lot like if you live in like um i don't know new york city forty thousand dollars isn't that much if you live in like some small town in texas it's forty thousand dollars is pretty decent around here and that's why it's really hard to push for leftist ideas because they hear forty thousand dollars and go brother i'm fine off that you know yeah it, it, it it's really dependent on like where people live which is like one of the challenges we have to face too is like cities are um most often the mo more progressive ones and the reason why is because the living cost is most expensive there so when they say that they want to be paid more or they need to be paid more it makes sense but the people who don't live in those cities it can look bizarre because the the, the living cost is drastically different definitely so Prager, you, uh, you guys do any prep preparation for this beforehand? No, I'm just, <laughs> I just enjoy dunking on Prager, you though. So. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, I had notes on a video and I left it back at college and I'm at home right now. <laughs> oh no. I watched a video on, um, I'll see if I can remember the notes in my head. Let's see how much I can pull out. Check your photographic memory. Ugh. Um, but so it was the video on energy 
Uh, let me pull up the title for that from Google Chrome. Go in my old podcaster voice. You guys can talk. I don't want too much silence. I need people to listen to the end of this podcast. <laughs> you, ever, yeah. you ever watch the metrics on your YouTube and see that people just like dip off? Like they watch like 10 minutes and they're gone. You get 10 oh, minutes? Man, I, yeah, I, my last one. I've done that with like uh, the songs I posted to YouTube. I don't like doing it because you can tell the section where you fucked up because it'll get to like the second verse and they'll just, they're all fucking dropping right out of that. Okay, so th- there's one I got through halfway. It was how to steal an election, melon ballots, which is it, it probably oh, extremely God. wrong. You should do a takedown on that one. I I don't even think the thing is with that is I don't even think a factual logical takedown would mean anything to someone that believes in that. Is Prager, is the video Prager gone? U is mainly just entertainment to take down. I mean, when I take down PragerU, it's just for lefties because like, oh uh, yeah, if someone believes in PragerU. They're pretty far gone. <laughs> um, oh, no. He, what's wrong with wind and solar is what this video is called. Oh, Dude, yeah. The, some... the wind kills birds. No, no, no. Not that. Okay. Let me try and remember the points that I wrote down. So, A, they talk about the ecological uh, problems that come with wind and solar, which would be the, the amount of, that we would have to build wind and solar to replace oil completely which they never use the word oil. They strategically use the word hydrocarbons, which is probably correct. I'm not going to doubt that it's a co- not correct term, but it's a little, you know. It's they're trying little, to sound big brain. They're, they're, trying to, they're trying to avoid saying oil because there is a bad connotation with like oil and drilling and fracking in the sense. Yeah. So to fund, to not to fund, but to create all the physical capital of energy whatever it takes to make energy and wind solar solar takes up a lot of land right now like it's not the most efficient form of energy out there and it takes a a large amount of land to get to the the amount of solar energy you need to be able to get a full city like there might be good places like nevada where the sun yeah i actually kill you i was doing i did the response to like the religion of green by prager you or whatever and they talked about how much space solar would take but the way they worded it is as if we were going to take like level Houston and replace it with like solar panels. Cause she was like, it'll take the whole size of Houston. We'll have to get rid of cities to like implement these. And I'm like, but you, hey, you know, on top te- of cities. Well, you could do that. And also in Texas, do you know how much like land we have that you could like just put solar panels on? Like Texas is full of just like, land like you could just chop down a forest and put some solar panels out or mm, take a farm either uh well okay the thing is if we have to like replace this energy you're gonna have to do some things which is which the, See, yeah you have to think I about the cost that. benefit and i'm not saying like literally tear down all the forests in texas but like if there's like a a plot of land that you could put I think there's solar enough desert on. there to just be like, okay. We well, can- yeah, and then and then there's just land, like desert. There's just like, there's all these places that you could put it that don't mean that you have to level a city, which is how she was like using her rhetoric, like as if we were going to have to level Houston in order to implement solar, which is okay. ridiculous. This gets a little off topic, but I think I remember somebody talked about we go to the moon and we put on its, like the, what would that be? Perpendicular to its axis. So we put a ring of solar panels 
so that the, at least half of them are always being charged and we just beam the energy down to earth <laughs> okay with energy in particular is like one thing people have to realize with uh with like joe biden talking about like phasing out of fracking is that regardless of whether it's bad for the environment we're gonna run out of oil it's gonna happen we have to replace it with something we can't just keep relying on it forever we should we should do some nuclear okay leftist for nuclear that's something we need to they never mentioned <laughs> nuclear at all like the entire comment section is just nuclear question mark nuclear and- has been treated a lot like socialism where socialism ha- has had like this red scare I- because bad things have happened because nuclear had some bad events people still think it's that bad but our technology has advanced like way past that and it, don't get me wrong there's still some like things that we'd want to make sure we're like super secure but like we could do it way better than we ever like did before and but there's still the same like fear from then and i don't know i just think it's really interesting that it parallels just like socialism is like feared because of like old like societies that couldn't do it but now it'd be even like easier to do it like it's it's same yeah i think it's like you have to like what we were talking about with like uh appealing to masses with videos is making stuff to counter the common talking points like you say socialism they go oh it's never failed look at or it's always failed look at venezuela same with like nuclear energy it's like oh you want chernobyl to happen in the u.s or something like that and i think we've got to start replying to like those basic talking points Uh, the entire comment section here is clowning on it like the second comments lamau never thought i would hear a video about batteries are bad we need to burn more oil because at, at the end of the video, they say that uh, the ways of getting hydrocarbon, which is oil, has become much safer. So by saying hydrocarbon, it's kind of strategic as they get to avoid saying oil because we associate the entirety of climate change with oil because it, it's honestly correct. Oil and coal are the main causes of climate change. Dude, what yeah, about whenever... all the leftists that don't want to move away from oil because it takes it causes a ton of pollution to create uh the new energy sources nuclear would be the probably the best but there is that long term like the waste kind of deal yeah well i think that's why like i would only i'd really primarily use nuclear as like a transition until we could get to um more efficient wind and solar whatever that could let me there's another comment here take this with a grain of salt but uh this commenter said student of material engineering here two stipulation I would like to add solar panels and lab lab have broken through the 33% barrier. That maximum was made under the assumption that a solar panel only absorbs one wavelength of light. Well, it's a bit more complicated, but whatever. With those in a lab, they can simply stack different types of materials together and make a highly efficient panel. The theoretical maximum in that case is around 90% efficiency. It would cost a pretty penny for that though. Although this is a grid scale, batteries have been shown to be highly effective in small scales. Look at the example of Australia's grid, it it was having issues re- regulating its power through or throughput. Tesla put in a battery pack, and now it runs quite smoothly with a base of pow- power plants, power solar or power solar power, wind and batteries could prove to be quite useful indeed. If all it's doing is regulating power, you need much less energy storage. So it's saying that their claim that uh, solar being only 33% efficient is completely wrong already. Yeah, I think, like, the main thing is just solar is pretty, like, 
it, like you said, it's a pretty penny like to get really efficient solar. It's just kind of expensive currently, which will yeah. eventually over time get to go down because that's what happens with technology. Everything like when it first comes out, it's like super expensive. And then as we learn like um, how to produce it cheaper, faster, it ends up the, the price ends up like going down. Yeah. I think people are still stuck in in like uh, 10 years ago when solar panels weren't as effective as they are now. And so people, the first time they hear about solar, it's like, oh, it's this great new thing, but the panels aren't that effective. They don't absorb that much energy. And they still just haven't heard anything new. And they still think that. Yeah. Because no, like, not many people like keep up with like how solar energy does. They, <laughs> yeah. they, they hear it once and they're like, okay, so we're not going to do that. And they forget that that was like 30 years ago or something. Okay. So... The main thing I wanted to talk about for PragerU was the schools that this is old news. It It's a, already been like a week at the point that we're recording this and it'll be over like a week and a half by the time I release this podcast. So what are you guys' thoughts on how PragerU is being used at school as like factual information? I think it's literal propaganda being put into schools. Like, um, Half their stuff is just false. Um, I think it's crazy, especially within school. We want to promote people to further their education. And they literally have videos telling kids not to do that. Um, I don't know. I think it's overly overall harmful. I understand that, like, some people are scared of socialism. So they want something that will stop their kids from becoming dirty little commies later in their future. But this is just literally, like, half their stuff isn't correct. And it, it... I mean, it's literal just propaganda being put in schools. Like, I don't think there's any other way to put it because the thing is, it's wrong. It puts out some sort of narrative. Usually, you know, like it's a right wing narrative that is yeah. like actively harmful. And it's, it's it's literal just like trying to get a hold of kids while they're like being able to be influenced really easily. Um, and it's just propaganda being put on children. Yeah, I think the problem isn't even that it's just like right wing propaganda is that it's literally just propaganda. It's mostly false it should not be being shown to our children it really shouldn't exist at all you know I, I think i've talked to cam about this before but i've i honestly think we need some sort of laws against blatantly knowingly spreading misinformation you know similar to our defamation laws yeah i think the consequences too of prager you being in schools if it lasts too long will be very um detrimental if we can't like educate these kids after they get out of public school because like we were just talking about um energy right i mean and we just pointed out how they directly lied about how efficient solar is and acting as if like they oil is no actually sources. a better one they never provide a single source in their videos actually they do provide sources you have to jump through a bunch of hoops to get them and then half their sources end up being them Wait, what? They're, they're, they source themselves? Did you watch uh, Vosh's video on this? He no, like I clicked on Let he me... clicked on like one of their source links in their description. It's not on all their videos, but some of their newer videos have source links that take you to their okay. website. So and let, you have to do like to a few clicks to get to it. The source link of uh... oh, they have a new video: capitalism or socialism, which is more democratic? Oh, oh, bet I will respond to that later. Ooh, that, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I love I love talking about socialism versus versus capitalism. It's my favorite thing. Like anytime I see a moment to like pounce on that, I do because none of these people know what socialism is. It's hilarious. Okay, so um, see, I think like even if you genuinely just like capitalism more, I I don't hate that as long as you understand socialism. As well, long like, as it's okay, not look, just yeah. If you want to be a capitalist, just know what capitalism is. Like if you, yeah. if you're okay with the problems of it, like just admit that you're okay with the problems of it. If you do that. 
I don't care. I don't know what your moral system is. Just like understand what you're talking about. And then sure. You I can just, I think what pisses me off the most is when people are like, yeah, capitalism has a lot of flaws, but it's like the best system we have right now, but we'll know nothing about any other economic system. That's the, and the worst part about that is it's half true. Like currently, like we're not going to get socialism. So yeah, I mean, capitalism is the best thing, but it's like kind of the only thing. And like, shouldn't we be looking, like looking inward and critiquing the system we live in and seeing what we want to fix and get to, which would be some form of socialism, right? It's also that uh, people will recognize that capitalism has successes and failures. But when you look at any country that's tried socialism, all that's all they see there is the failures like no one looks at how bolivia like half of their fucking poverty rates uh quadrupled their gdp it's just oh they're still poor so socialism bad but what i always bring up to people is when capitalism was first coming into being um it failed as well like i mean there was like places that tried to do capitalism and it didn't work like so like this idea that like socialism can't work because it hasn't is it's kind of dumb. It's like it just hasn't yet. It's not also even it's... one capitalism hasn't gotten to the level to um, let socialism come into existence and continue existing or we just haven't figured out how to do socialism correctly yet. Also, arguably, capitalism is failing now in America, depending on what your measure of success is. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of metrics that we could like point out and say like um and to an extent capitalism is failing um but the problem with doing that is also like we can look at things that say that it's doing well um the thing is capitalism just exists there's problems in it i wouldn't call it a success or a fail it's just what is and uh we we should like look at the problems but want to fix those instead of like um saying that we can't do anything else I that's okay I just... so there so i'm going to the sources so their first source which is um basically their claim that we cannot produce enough energy from wind and solar to meet the needs of the world is from the Manhattan Institute, which happens to be a conservative 501 nonprofit American think tank. Of course. <laughs> Institute for Policy. Wow. Just, just basically uh, sourcing yourself. Propaganda uh, machine sources version. propaganda machine. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So they're, they're, they're 20%. They're like, percentage points for like how efficient they are i can't really tell how like it's a long article of like like a science finding from like italy and stuff like that one's from 2017 one's from 2009 and then the other one's also from 2017 okay these two are together but yeah i think this is like heavily like problematic so like the fact is this is getting feed fed to children and like say they want to like so you get a super smart kid, right? And he's like, well, you know what? I'm going to fact check this. Let me go to their sources. Well, I highly doubt they're going to realize that they're basically sourcing themselves. Like, maybe. But, like, all there's no, there, there's, like, no way to, like, do that. Because well, I know when I was in school, for instance, if I saw someone source something, I would take the source as an authority. So what they're going to do is to look at the source. They'll go, oh, well, I guess this is true. But in reality, what's happening is you just have a bunch of, like, think tanks basically sourcing each other yeah based upon like false information one person yeah. starts it and it's a it's a bunch of sourcing to the point that you can't find the original point that was like wrong it's just um, a circle of misinformation that yeah, just repeats basically. itself that over re and over again. reinforces itself constantly yeah. and you also like i don't think i learned anything about verifying sources until college because back in uh high school it was you had to use websites that had like dot gov at the end and shit like that or like 
no dot coms, no Wikipedias and shit like that. And then once you get to college, it's finally, oh, here's how you verify a source and your fucking professor will go behind you and make sure your sources are good. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of those sources for their videos would never fly in academic settings. And I yeah, think I that's think, I think the this biggest is super problem. troubling because this is just promoting just false information. I mean, and kids are going to like take whatever they're being taught in school as an authority for the most part. I mean, unless they're like watching this, for instance, outside of school. Uh, but for the most part, most of them are going to go to not. class. Most of them are going to go to class and they're going to um, believe what they get taught, which is worrisome especially for like the problems the existential threats that we're about to have that we need to act fast on um this is only going to delay fixing a lot of those problems i mean okay. yeah it's like so, everyone's full education on communism is the ussr was communist the ussr was bad and that's people's entire understanding <laughs> yeah and now they're all gonna think that we can't ever do renewable energy because it sucks, I guess. Because at, at one point, solar panels were bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it's just delaying. Um, I think we, it, we truly progress. are like one of the most regressive countries because of it, this. Yeah, it's just we have people who are actively um, going against progress. Like, like, more so than... I mean, other places have it too, but here it just seems like... It almost feels like people want to go against progress, which like is disturbing um yeah i guess it's profitable i don't even know if it's that i think it's like i don't know maybe it's like the fear of change it's it i don't know it, like we talked about with these concepts going over a lot of people's heads and like even the labor vouchers thing goes over in my head after watching videos about it so i don't blame them but i think it's that they don't understand it and it's very hard to understand I think it comes from people just not wanting to be in, involved, actually. Um, so they'll take whatever route allows them to not be involved. Think about it. If solar panels don't work, then you don't have to fight to get solar panels instituted. You can just go, well, what's working is the best we got, so I don't got to do anything. It is the easy answer thing. That's what I would think, because we're super apolitical. I mean, we even look at, like, voter turnout, and it's super low. People just don't don't care to be, like... Younger voter turnout's involved. going blowing up, though. Yeah, like, this I don't know if that's I don't know if the younger voter voter turnout is really going to carry on or if it's just orange man bad voter turnout. Yeah, I'm not sure either. That'll be orange that'll man be interesting. So he is bad. <laughs> I made a video and I was like, I used to be like, you can't say orange man's bad. You got to say like why he's bad. But in that video, I was like, nah. At this point, if you don't know orange man bad, like I don't, I'm not gonna say no, here and tell you all the point, reasons. At this point, like I, there, there is no more value in arguing over whether like Donald Trump's racist, whether he's sexist. It's like you have your whether opinion, his and nothing's gonna change it. Like yeah, like there's yeah. no doubting it. There, there's transcripts from his first divorce that he practically, he, he pretty much raped his first wife, like after getting a bad plastic surgery. That's well, even beyond trial. even beyond the personal life stuff i mean his policies have just been like bad for for the country so like well, even like his biggest uh accomplishments aren't really great well like so like there was small job growth under trump for a while and those were that that job growth was um actually from policies obama had passed um under his administration and then now job growth is like plummeting because of the virus and donald trump hasn't been able to do anything See, to really stimulate the economy it's, it's to help with the we, gdp stuff it's like i don't think it, when you're going for, for like someone in the middle leaning right i don't think there's any value in saying it was a obama thing because there's gonna be like whatever fake news 
but point to the fact that like his percentage GDP growth is mediocre. Like Clint or Bill Clinton had higher GDP growth. Reagan, their next favorite president, had way higher GDP growth. It's just not that significant. Well, then we can also point at the fact that we almost went to war under this president because he decided to bomb um, some official of a government uh, without like at all like planning this out. He was just like, we'll get him. No, nah, I don't almost... even think that works with people. People go like, man, well, that was the evil terrorist going against America, brother. Yeah, but like, I mean, like, I don't think but most because people they justify war either, it afterwards. Though. I mean, because like, I don't even think people, I don't even think people realize how bad de- destabilizing the Middle East the thing has is, affected even... them. The thing is, even if these people go like, oh, well, this is that, I mean, you can still push them on it. If I point out, point out why like a certain policy Trump did was bad and they go like, well, actually, that's like not the case. Then I can go, well, how is it not the case? And then eventually they don't have an argument anymore. The thing is, we can't like just say one thing and then be nice if they don't like take it. You have to like really push them and go like, hey, could could you use that that brain for a moment and think? Um, but if they don't want to do that, then, then they're lost cause anyway and they're going to vote for Trump. So like. Yeah, a big problem in America is that we think of jobs as a quantitative statistic instead of a qualitative thing. Like, you can add as many jobs as you want, but if it means that people go from having one good job to having two mediocre jobs, that's not a good thing. Nothing, Nothing's really changed except you had to work double the hours. That's something uh, I've been trying to explain to people, but, it, but as Isocratic said earlier, it's the thing of it's easier just to say job job fuck it's easier just to say job growth good instead of going oh it's not good jobs so we need to really be fighting for good jobs and doing work yeah i mean i think i think you can pivot into that but it's always a good way to start by saying like yeah. oh the job growth this and then you can go and the little bit of job growth we did have actually led to people having worse jobs there was just more bad jobs like you yeah. can kind of like get into all of all of that stuff. especially when you have like a high growth in the stock market without real effects on the people you have this like economy that's built or the the big overarching economy is built on these un unstable foundations and it makes when it eventually collapses much much worse like when we had it the collapse in america here and what is it now seven months ago because a lot of European countries had those safety nets in order to make sure that their people didn't just fall into abject poverty. And we don't because for some reason we've been tricked into believing that having safety nets is a bad idea. Yep. And that's it's, it's the individualism that circles back around to the problem of being in schools too. I, I, like, I agree with, uh, what was it i think it's matt chrisman's take on individual we're not an individualist country our a lot of our choices are based on like what's in season we don't like have our own style it's based on like what we consume okay it's i don't i don't i don't think there's actual individualism at that at the level that most people talk about it but i think the the mentality which i think is what patrick was getting i i mean like the economic individualism it's the economic individualism is what i mean well, people, people in America, like, I mean, that's something that we raise, like, so high is this idea of being, like, um, I don't know, we don't, we don't think of, like, economics in a collective sense. We only think about it. In, yeah, and I, I think that's super problematic because um, when we put our, when we put resources together, they're, they're way more effective. I mean, we can look at, like, um, even healthcare. When we have, like, everyone paying into healthcare, healthcare ends up being cheaper because we have 
we can get better deals doing that than like if if you have to pay for your healthcare yourself like directly um and this this goes on like tons of like things so i think like a collective mindset when it comes to economics and basically uh everything would be super helpful but in america there's this promotion of like the individual like so hardly that like it it causes people to stand against these things that would help their own individual freedom if they were for them because the this dichotomy of individual and collective is is just bullshit because the truth is if you have a good collective um like if you have people working well collectively you're going to increase the individual freedom not the other way around it, it, what was it? Ben Shapiro had an argument against uh, unions a few years ago, saying that it get it got rid of the right to uh, ask for your own raise. Which I don't oh, for yeah, your like, own like, raise. Like, like he like tried to say like if you if you like work together you're less likely to get get a raise or something like no like own. they he thought of it if I can remember correctly of like it. It becomes a collective bargaining. Everybody gets a raise instead of just you ask for. You go into your boss's office and ask for a raise. You go and instead you go on general strike. I think the other thing with like individualism is whenever people actually have to deal with serious adversity and make it through, they go, "Oh, I dealt with it and I made it through. So why should we try to make it easier for more people to make it through?" If I have, have you seen the have you seen the trolley problem where like it the train has already ran over um people. And it's like you can pull the lever and it won't yeah. run over anyone else. And it's like people don't want to pull that lever. They're like, oh, free college? Well, I had to pay for my college, so no one should have to get free college. Oh, well, I worked for that wage, so no one needs a higher wage. It's like... I think that's the most obnoxious like mentality. Almost. It's annoying. Yeah, it's, it's like, I'm sorry, but like society wasn't there yet. It's but like, we can do that now, so we should do that now. Always tell people to think about their kids. That's what I do. If someone has kids, I'm like, hey, man. Yes, that's what I've been Thank trying to link kids. it back to is when I was when I was younger, I remember like a big thing from my parents is like you that they got from their parents was you want to make your life better for your kids than it was for you. And I think that is diminished in the past 10 years. The idea of making life better for your future kids is gone. I think we are all worried about ourselves and what is going to happen within our lifetime and that's it goes, goes back to even the energy thing and like transitioning no one cares about 100 year transitions they want to know what's going to happen now for them yeah yeah and that, that definitely affects a lot we, we no longer think of things in the long term which allow us to um to do like really good things like uh like i mean we, we can even talk about we were talking about energy earlier transitioning our energy and all these things they don't care about long-term things they're thinking about their lifetime which is it's super hurtful to, to progress. Yeah, and um, I'm going to circle back around to the newest Gravel Institute video, which is calling the Civil War a leftist revolution, which I hadn't thought of beforehand, but I think I agree, honestly, with that. I haven't seen that video yet. It's it's a pretty good one. I think it, it's their least disputable out of the three, for me personally. That's what, I, what I asked about earlier with the... Uh the Gravel Institute's uh, social media managing hurting them is like the Gravel Institute, if they weren't doing that, could push into being in schools the same way PragerU is. I mean, I, I don't really want that in schools, honestly. Like, I, I don't want like such propaganda to be in schools either way. Yeah. I, th I think it, the point is to combat PragerU to, to destroy its influence. But what I was talking about is it's historic talking about historically with workers movements before pre-civil war and i believe 
wave wage slavery comes from that i don't know if that's directly a marxist term it's more of an american labor movement term if i have my history correct and the thing the reason a lot of them were against slavery is not for like it wasn't it might have been a moral reason but there's also the backing of there is the contradiction of capitalism is that capitalists always want to lower wages because it means that they can make more profit but in doing so they also destroy their consumer base but in the seeking of lowering wages what is the cheapest wage but a slave that that's that was what they used as an argument to get support against slavery being expanded and eventually for it existing at all within the united states because to protect the northern workers you had to make sure that the people that were above them couldn't hire uh slaves because people in the north were not willing to become slaves because they had already had some sense of actually being paid i i would yeah. want my wage to just be removed so <laughs> yeah they didn't want to have to compete against people who were practically you practically machines honestly because you, you paid for them once and the, they did work without having to, a wage because yeah, they, were, they were literally by force. production is by force they are so my i think we ignore that as leftists a lot be, that strategy we need to bring a lot of the big issues to home because in the north there wasn't slavery but there was the possibility that these people that having slavery as an institution could mean that your wage could be justifi justified being lowered because there's people that you're competing against that don't have wages at all. Yeah, and it's the, the personalizing these policies to people. Like I think one of the ways I got one of my friends to move over on uh, co-ops is think of all the things that upset you about your workplace and how you have a say in that if you own part of your workplace. Even if even unionizing is a step up from the current system now. And like, he didn't even know what unions were. And he was like, wait, we could all collectively bargain as workers to get higher wages. You know, South Carolina anything, has the lowest of all states. I think there's anything that we uh, we need to throw into schools that isn't Prager U. It's probably something teaching workers rights since most people are going to go out of school and be uh, workers of some kind, you know. Um, see i think like also in in a very like and this is kind of what i've been pushing throughout this whole thing is like we need to connect leftism more personally with people and i think we need to arm people with very simple understandable talking points that shut arguments down really quickly yeah because that's what the right has been able to do really effectively they have like really simple to grasp um talking points like for instance if i explain why people's wages have been lowered it, it's a little bit more complicated than like um or at least been stagnant or whatever even though production has gone up or whatever um it's gonna be a little bit more difficult for me to explain that because i'm gonna go through like some history yada yada but like what conservatives get to do is they get to go hey you know those brown people that are crossing that border that's why your wages isn't moving and like so they have like really simple easy talking points which allows like that when people are looking for simple answers conservatives are there to give the simple answer um, so we need to find a way to build the, do the exact same thing, which I think we've struggled with. Since, I think like, forever. it is maybe like more honestly, is, is, is there an honest way to remove nuance from leftism? 
I don't know. I mean, that, that's something we have to figure out. Is we have to think about um, ways to find out how to explain these things in little bite-sized bits. Where instead of saying, I mean, I guess you could basically say like, "Hey, the corporations are who who are taking your 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 money." Um, yeah, it'd be I, kind of similar. I think a lot of times we take up positions that we would use when we're talking leftist to leftist, and then we take those positions and argue for them leftist to conservative. Which is not no, and you're just in do. a completely different world. And I think there's some great ways to connect it. Like you wouldn't want to live in an authoritarian government. So why do you want your boss to have an authoritarian rule over your workplace? And I think that would connect a lot more with people than like a nuanced discussion on wage theft. Well, yeah, be like, be like, aren't you a fan of democracy? I mean, you love democracy in your government. Why wouldn't you want that in the place that you spend your other eight hours of your life, like in your workplace? I think like that's kind of like Richard Wolf's kind of... Uh, thing and i think richard wolf is really effective at uh selling uh selling worker cooperatives or whatever i think he's done a really good job at that because he walks people through it and then he goes hey you like some sort of socialism and i, I don't know i think it's i think it's really yeah and that's that's also what i was saying earlier with like uh you know public schools are socialism at to an extent same with like public roads to an extent are socialism you it's like not, these it's things not, but it's a good it's point. but but i'm saying it's it's they're kind of socialized and it's a great way to push it's a it's a kickoff point i guess yeah like as much as like there's some things that are like when you get into like actually what socialism is there it's wrong it is super rhetorically effective to go like the fire department's a socialist institution which i mean obviously socialism is like a total different thing but it functions in a way to get people to kind of do you think uh, like leftists in general feel like they're too righteous and honest to use those kind of cheap talking points um i think it's the whole purity thing in the left where it's like you have to be 100 percent correct this is liberals in general we're so fucking like we want purity so much and it's like the right wing are fucking vicious dogs that'll fucking rip you apart dude there is no value in trying to just be like I don't know, simps to nuance to when you're talking about people that don't give a fuck about nuance. Yeah, the thing is with the right, they're they're not they're not worried about lying to get what they want. While on the left, it's like, oh, we want to be honest to people, which is true. We sh- we should be, but we, like we should we got we we have to figure out how to be more effective. And I think if that means like not like explaining fully what socialism is in order to use socialism to. Like kind of in the way Bernie Sanders used socialism, where he called himself a socialist, but in reality he's like a social democrat. Like, I think that's fine. If we had to paint socialism as that for for a bit to start getting people to move left and be more normalized, and with the word when socialist, that happens, we need to make sure people are not infighting against those people. Leftist unity is a spook. Yeah. I don't I don't I think, believe in leftist unity. It's definitely different because the right and especially the far right, they're not for something as much as they are against something in a sense and we're more we're against something we're, we're against something but we're also for for something is what overtakes that like we're we're, we're against like a bourgeois class but we're trying to get something that yeah, so main it's, argument it's a, is against something it's a lot harder to explain what we want to do than saying what we shouldn't do which is all conservatives have to do they have to go well capitalism's working like what socialism's never worked that's why like the socialism versus capitalism argument when it comes to just talking points unless you can sit down and actually explain socialism is a hard argument to win because all they have to go is look at all the countries that have failed capitalism still doing fine um so we shouldn't do socialism then like connect it back to your their personal life is like are you doing that great 
personally. You work Most, at McDonald's making like 40K a year or whatever. 40K a year. I was, well, I was I making 40K dude, I a honestly, year. I honestly don't know what the fuck like wages equal up to. Like, uh, really take, take uh, in econ in high school, they teach you take your wage, times it by 2000. That's what you make it full time. So okay. seven twenty five, which is the most. Oh, that's like fourteen k. Yeah, fourteen thousand five hundred dollars. But that's full time. People at McDonald's aren't usually yeah. working that much. Yeah, man. I think it's like in and in, in, and again, like in a very general sense, like connecting it with people's personal lives and how they're functioning now, instead of trying to explain very nuanced co- concepts. And if we're a bit misleading at first, but as they fall down the leftist pipeline, we explain it more. I don't think that's such a big problem. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you have to. I think this is what Richard Wolf does really well. This is one of the Richard Wolf was one of the first people I watched about socialism. And when I talk about socialism, the terms I would use are going to be different than what Richard Wolf's talking about. Uh, I he he believes in market socialism, which when we really look at what socialism is as a full like mode of production, these are two separate things. But I don't think there's a problem with calling that socialism because it gets people in the door and they can lead them to where I am eventually over time as they get more interested. Um, and if, if they do, and who cares if they don't, if they have to think that's socialism, they just want to push for that. I'm fine with that. Cause that's progress. You know, um, we can worry about that later. Once we get there about trying the market- to show them what See, I'd rather I think- have more market socialists than a conservatives. I guess where yeah. I am would be like the market socialist idea where we have companies run as co-ops and we have robust, uh, social safety nets for people i think that is what i would like i don't know if that's completely market socialism it's more of just a and the market socialism is basically just workers ownership of the means of production within co-ops um but it's still it's still capitalism because of the fact that there's markets and whatnot but that's why it's market socialism it's like half socialism it's like you have one aspect of socialism um and i think that is fine we're not even we are literally a neoliberalism um having to find off like regressing if if a bunch of people have to be market socialists i'm I'm not going to purity test them to tell them about how they're wrong now if they want to come talk to me about like theoretical things about socialism and i'm a fucking nerd of course i'm like hey actually no but if we're talking about actual political effectiveness i mean i don't care be a market socialist please fight for market socialism because we are we need to be going that direction yeah we, and, we're currently stuck in neoliberalism which can't go like 10 years without either collapsing yeah or i mean going think, into I, fascism and i think like market socialism is more understandable than a fully automated communist society yeah i mean i think it's like kind of crazy that like we spend and i i'm guilty of this too but spend this time debating on like what communism actually is whenever that's like hey man you're never gonna live in that you're you're, you're like that's that's 200 years away probably maybe even more we're not gonna you're not gonna live in communism why are you debating this you should be like trying to convince people to take the next step towards progress which is going to be either social democracy or some sort of like market socialism not like this uh this fully like done communism stateless classless society you know gay rights Um, aren't guaranteed yet we can't guarantee like all. yeah i mean we we have a we have a we have a president who wants to roll back um gay adoption and and (laughs) Didn't he already roll back gay adoption? I think that already happened, yeah? 
I, I don't know if he I don't think he did, but he was like trying to. They brought it to the Supreme Court or something, which was just absolutely insane. And the fact that we have to worry about this, we have to worry about even keeping um, Social Security and keeping our healthcare system. I think it's like ridiculous that we have these purity fights over what actually is socialism. when We're talking to like especially new leftists. Like the thing is, OK, if I'm a old leftist and I'm talking to another old leftist and we want to talk about like what socialism is in actuality, that's fine. You know, but if we're talking about trying to get people to the left, it is not helpful to like someone who just joined the left. Like, actually, you're wrong about everything. So shut the fuck up. Like, that's not that's going to push someone away. It's not. Yeah. Gonna... And that's why, like, what I personally want to do as someone that's a new leftist is try to help. Like, I'd love to talk to people uh, that are further into the left that are making videos about how we can make concepts more explainable. And I'd like to be more like involved with that. I, I personally don't think I'm smart enough to do that all by myself. Yeah, I have some things I actually want to do that have to do with that. The one I've done is I did uh, socialism and I did like socialism in the Marxist sense, not just like market socialism. And I explained like what that was. And I try to break it down as simple as possible. I gave like three criteria because I think the main reason why I think it's important for people to know that isn't because they need to be like getting us there currently. Like I think we have some things that we have to do before we can get there, but it's more to argue against conservatives who say well this country was socialist and failed you go well actually it's it's not because it didn't it didn't fit this which is actual uh socialism and i think we need to do more of that we also need to be i don't know if that's super under- effective I, I think more like- focusing on a like large imperial project to uh destroy any socialist that pops up kind of deal would be a much more effective way of doing yeah it. i don't know how good like three 20 minute videos on how china isn't technically communist no 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 no, like... no, no, no 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 what i mean is like making so what i did is i made one video it's like yeah. 15 minutes and it explains what socialism is the criteria so the yeah. thing is if you ever are talking about moving to a socialist society and you have a conservative come up to you and he's like oh well socialism has never worked you can go well did that society have this 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 and is that your go, video with the yeah. main three tenants yeah, yeah, it's like three points of like socialism. And the whole point of that was to make an easy way to debunk the, the arguments of like conservatives who say socialism's failed. Um, it's like, well, no, socialism hasn't existed. And then they go like, we all always say that. It's like, well, did this fit this, these criteria? And if they go, no, then like, you just, they can't talk anymore because you're like, well, that's socialism, sorry. Because I think there's just too much argument of like what socialism is. And I don't think like we have to purity test market socialists and go, you're not actually um, socialist. See- but I think like at the same time, it's helpful to know like some some concepts really simplified in order to combat right-wing talking points see i i think there's definitely value in people understanding what real socialism is and whether we've reached it or not i don't know if it's that good of a talking point to go well they weren't real socialism so that's not real socialism you know because i don't think that registers with the average person well i think it helps quite a bit because whenever i talk to people who think socialism was uh, well, is China, um, which is heavily oppressive. I And I want to tell them that it's not socialism because no one's going to want to have China. No one's going to fight for that, right? Um, I have to be able to explain why that isn't socialism um, because if I can't, that's what they're going to think socialism is. And this is sort of like um, part of normalizing uh, socialism because I think that is like a step we have to take we have yeah to take yeah I see what you're saying socialism isn't this big villain and the only way to do that is by explaining how countries like China for instance aren't socialist and I don't mean like you need to know these things in order to fight other lefties on what socialism actually is like fighting between 
me a Marxist versus a market socialist or something. I think that's kind of pointless. But I think like in order to kind of get rid of the um, because, I mean, you could do this with market socialism, too, I guess. Like, if you wanted to explain market socialism, you could explain how China isn't market socialist. Or you could explain how China isn't Marxist socialism. You can basically explain why China is, like, a state capitalist society that's yeah. super oppressive. Which, if we can get, we can distance ourselves from these countries, I think socialism has a better chance of actually happening within the U.S. Because I think you, what people are afraid of is some sort of super authoritarian state or whatever. Do you think there's any like solid representation of not socialism succeeding because there's never been real socialism, but like movements towards that being positive? Because I, because the way I see it, Bolivia, there's some good talking points when you're talking about Bolivia. When you talk about like Venezuela up until the oil market crashed, there's some good stuff there. And then I'm, I need to, next one I want to learn about is, uh, what is it, Burkina Faso? I think is the next one. Yeah, I think, I think with a lot of these countries, what we can say, which is what I often say, is I reflect this towards capitalism and how capitalism failed before it, it achieved, right? And I go, well, these were all socialist experiments other than China. Fuck China, okay? I don't like China. <laughs> but all these ones that like did bad, I'll be like, well, these were socialist experiments. We didn't know exactly what we were like doing, yada, yada. But we can look at what good things did happen. And then you can like point at like literacy rates going up, um, wages going up, whatever. And we can go like, so we, we know that good things can happen under this. We just have to figure out how to do it in a way that's sustainable, and all, all those things. Um, and, but then you can also just go like with the bad things. You're like, well, they didn't achieve. The full what way. if, what if uh, we did is a good way to, or Bolivia might be a new wave of things. It, it might be the second stage, maybe might be a good way to put it. Kind of learning from what came out of 20th century uh, socialism and learning from it and changing from it. Because yeah. I, from what I know, MAS doesn't really operate as like a single party state kind of deal. It's more of a, it's more of a representative party of the working class rather than just trying to overtake the whole thing. And under it, they have seen massive growth as I think we already said in the podcast. Yeah. And so they did get cooed last year. It's, un, it's practically undeniable to say that they didn't or the, say that they got cooed. And I mean, there are people that are saying like it's not a coup. Yeah, it unless, work. unless you're destiny. <laughs> See, even uh, even like popular like the middle ground people aren't even saying it was a coup. Like I believe the only thing I knew about Bolivia before getting into leftism recently was that that there were uh, talks about how there was an unfair election by uh, Morales, and I learned about that only through like Philip DeFranco. And that was released by OAS which is the Organization for American States, I believe. And then the New York Times reported like six months later that that report had major flaws. So it, it, was, pretty, it was pretty much a U.S.-backed coup from a factual standpoint. And I think what I've talked about it with people on a Discord, which is a little cringy to talk about Discord to other people. But, yeah. um, but I think it was... I think we've learned that education is the most important part. Like, even if you have the ability to, even if you have the monopoly of violence, I don't know what you term, I'm using a John Locke term for that or Hobbes term, but like, even if you have the ability to create a force to overthrow the government, it's not going to, it's not a stable way to do it. Education is what is important because in Bolivia, the people that are in the working class, the lower class, the lower middle class, they have seen the horrors of neoliberalism within their country twice now within the last 20 years. 
from originally in the early 2000s to where they had to take out IMF loans basically just to pay public servants. It wasn't even for infrastructure projects. And I believe they had a guest on Chapo this week where he, he talked about how the interim government had taken out another IMF loan illegitimately because they never won an election to fund something. So now this new mass government, if they come to power, which I hope they do, has a load of debt to take over from, you know, an evil institution, uh, which I, I think I'm not a big fan of the IMF. And if you know about it, I don't suspect either of you to be either. Um, but to see that these, these people had seen what the other parties had done to them. And it was, I believe it was the 2000, the leader that was leader from 2003 to 2005, maybe he was vice president before that. He was, he was not a popular candidate, but he was the least, or he was the least hated candidate, really, for the more like neoliberal right wing side, and <laughs> they still got crushed by like, it was like twenty to thirty points in between Moss and the next party. So, education is really important to see, to even after a social state has somewhat or a socialist party has taken control to understand of what the past neglects and past abuses of neoliberalism and capitalism had been on yeah, that country. I, I think, I think to link, uh, talk about education, um, education is super important. And I think that kind of links back to why Prager you being in schools is problematic. Um, uh, cause they're not really going to give an unbiased account to, to any of these things. Um, and if anything, going to do the opposite. So it, it kind of like is counterproductive to the very thing that we need in order to understand the current circumstances we're in and what is possible to do to get out of them. Um, well, Prigger, you is going to act like everything is fine. Actually, if anything, we need to fight all these leftists who want to make the world better because they don't actually want to make the world better. And they're all evil Antifa super soldiers. Um, I don't know. I think this is probably one of the worst things I've seen the right try to do in a really long time because I think this is undermining like I mean, it, I mean, it's a it's a really good political like strategy to be honest, to be fair, but it it's it, it's awful because, like we said, uh, Gen Z is the most radical, both left and right, right? That they're willing to get into radical politics. The thing is, we were having a good traction of them going left, but the moment that they're going to start educating all these kids with these right wing talking points, we're going to lose that momentum, which is going to be destructive, yeah. and it's going to be it's they're going to be like misinformed on so much the Which effects is, play out in in years afterward and the fight back has to be talking points from the left side that are easy to understand and connect with people's lives we should not, figure you out of schools too yeah. well yeah that's that that of course but even if even like kids going home on their own and watching like pray for use crowd yeah. shapiro shit but also uh i think it's oklahoma i've talked to this with some other people but i believe there's a john oliver episode on it and um, what happened is in Oklahoma, the fracking or oil lobbied the, or the fracking or oil businesses lobbied the state government to reduce taxes on them. So to balance the budget, because states can't go into deficits, they took out spending from education and other parts of what states are supposed to fund. And because state spending is like second, I, it's usually about 20 to 30% of a school's fund. And that took a major chunk out of like what teachers could buy for their children. 
So in response to that, the oil and fracking companies bought resources for teachers, including the curriculum that they would teach kids, which was extremely pro-fracking and pro-oil. So even without PragerU, the, the, oil billion, the oil companies are getting their that's propaganda awful. put into schools. Yeah, that's that's absolutely terrible because the thing is without this um, left, the reason why the left can do really well um, when this doesn't exist is because we have like facts and empathy and on facts our on our side. Yeah, every all like if you look at like the truth about things, it usually is going to lean left, supporting whatever left leftist sort of idea there is. Um, and the only way that these people get really get to combat that is by influencing um, how much misinformation is fed to these people. So it takes even more effort to be educated on these problems, which should be the absolute opposite of what the school is doing. Schools should be educating people correctly, factually. And if anything, that should end up aiding the left um, because like like we said, we have facts on our side. Um, so I just think this is like insane. I, don't, I, I think this way uh, we will see a much further movement right as but i think the alt-right pipeline in a sense was kind of beneficial to the left not as the existence of like people going far right but for people getting radicalized and then before they reach the end kind of having like a diversion cause them to go further left than they would have originally been and that's kind of what i'm saying i'm not saying alt-right pipeline good no it's not it's not <laughs> not not good idea but once people get on the I, road to being radicalized, they're either going to be radicalized on the left or on the right. And I think it's much safer for society for people to be radicalized to the left. Yeah, I hope that's the case. My only worry, though, is with this being within schools. Um, oh, oh, yeah, definitely. No, pe pe people are going to think that this is um, actual education. And the problem is the, the further from the, the truth you are, um, the harder it is to ever get to it. Um, yeah. So if we start these kids with, you know, right-wing propaganda that's just straight-up false. Um, there's a lot more um, these people have to learn in order to at all even be politically effective for the left, um, even even to know, like, what's actually happening. Like, they're, they're, um, they're, they'll be so far away from what they, where they actually need to be that uh, it, it seems very unlikely that these kids would end up at all being, like, leftists because they have so much misinformation to go through, which takes a lot of effort. Um, which we don't even see today, people putting that much effort to doing. Like I said, like tons of people are apolitical. They don't, they don't care about that. And I, I only imagine putting the starting point even further right is not going to be a uh, be very not good. Not good see, not good. I think like I used to be more into that all right pipeline shit. And I think the one thing that like pulled me out of it, especially, was takedowns of like uh, the figureheads. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so funny you gotta take out the figureheads but like some more news video on ben shapiro was more valuable than like any fucking leftist theory has been for me yeah like, i mean that, that was that was it for me too as well i mean i i kind of went pretty good pretty far right i didn't like i'd say alt light basically um and then i started getting into like leftist ideas the once one time i heard like someone giving some race realism and i was like <laughs> That's insane. Um, I so I started I looking more left, and then I got into like the the influencer realm of like leftist, and then it we fell in the leftology trap. Yeah, and then it then it just led me down to being like a sock dem, and then I got more interested, and then I read all my own shit. And now yeah, we fell in the leftology trap of talking about how we got here every single episode. <laughs> <laughs> I think it matters though. Like, and I think 
I don't know, because I think recognizing what brought us here is helpful to bringing other people here. <laughs> oh, no, like I'm I saying said, we say it yeah. every single episode. <laughs> oh, y'all say it every single episode. Okay. We like, said it in the last episode, yeah. Like, we went to back when we streamed, me, Kurt, and Alistair would basically say it like every other stream because somebody would ask for it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't think there's a problem with that because it is a very important thing to talk about, I think. So whatever I, somebody's I, starter episode on, they're going to learn how we got here. <laughs> I think, like... The reason why it's kind of important to look back on that, though, is just because if we're going to say that people are going to be educated for the right because of PragerU, if we can't get them out of schools, which hopefully we find a way to do that. But if we can't for some reason... them getting into schools. Yeah, but, but if we can't do that for some reason, um, we have to think about how are we going to pull these people out of that misinformation. And the one thing I think people who were ever in the alt-right or alt-light or the right in general who moved to the left... Um, the one benefit they have is seeing in what ways that was effective and learning from that and being able to build on that to bring all these people who are about to come out of school being further right than they probably have been previously and being able to pull them left. I think we also need to be like tricking people that are on the right side into watching leftist videos. Like if you're talking about Venezuela and all the good things about Venezuela and then why it ended up failing, just a why Venezuela failed titled video and then like some fucking and then like slipping in all the good things that that Venezuela had yes and then being like in the end you know the oil market crashed and that was their big uh nationalized industry and so they couldn't fund all their programs well, after that it's now kind of like it keeps their people alive it's kind of like the Richard Wolf thing where he like kind of explains market socialism without saying the word socialism he's like yes Don't you yes you have democracy within the place that you spend most Does of he make your YouTube day? videos uh, there's like a bunch of clips of there's him, a like, lot of speeches. speeches see see i think taking his speeches and then like turning them into very digestible youtube videos with very clear talking points and that's what like like came we should work on this instead of doing fuck doing music over this winter break we should work i, I on... want to release songs i want to have stuff on my spotify fuck like... that shit <laughs> fuck art dude we have songs from march that aren't out yet <laughs> dude i know <laughs> I honestly do. Like, I honestly want to like work with you to like take your essays and turn them into very concise talking points. Uh, oh, <laughs> his mom came in the room. <laughs> Yeah, we could definitely work on those videos soon. I I might be able to do that tomorrow, um, or later today. Yeah, because like do it. I think everyone should be making content. Um, there's not enough content that's like short form and that arms people with like talking points. Yeah, the, the first essay I have is 900 words. That's like seven minutes. The thing is that we can really look at is we can look at the um, revolutionaries of like uh, the 20s and 30s when communism and stuff was actually really having a fight, right? Um, and one of the things they would do is they would write stuff to like normal people. Like they wouldn't like, they wouldn't hand them capital. They would write something that gave the basic idea. Communist of Manifesto. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like the thing is, the way we do that today is by putting stuff online. And I think like, I, I encourage everyone to do it. Cause I'm like, Hey, if you can put stuff out there, that's educating people. That's like getting, getting leftist discourse out there. We should be wanting to dominate. And then we can start our big evil capitalist business. Yeah. Spreading leftism. <laughs> I, I also think one thing we should take from the right is like every year or two, they will change like what name they use. They went from like, just like openly being like, the German 40s. I can't say the word because I want money. Um, oh, <laughs> like white nationalist to like race realist, like changing that. I think we should change. Like 
go from communist to socialist. Let's call ourselves economic Democrats. Oh economic democracy. <laughs> yes, yes, actually. <laughs> We're fighting for economic democracy. Oh my God. That would that's be. Pretty, that's pretty good, actually. That that would be a good one. Like you just completely separate yourself from the, the bad connotations. I think like because like I think yeah I think separating our like from the word socialism would be uh, impactful on bringing people over. Like you were saying with Richard Wolf, not talking about socialism but talking about all the benefits of it, but not saying the word. Yeah, and then at the end he's like he like pulls the whole like hey guess what you agree with socialism and they're all like what and like doing <laughs> just doing that like to, to everyone being like yeah don't you agree with-? I, I mean i've done that at work too i got like my my manager to um say like workers rights and he like lifted his fist or whatever but it was because i like went around the word socialism and i was like hey man don't you think you should just have more of a say in like this place that you spend all of your days at and he was like he's like you know what i should and i was like workers rights right and he's like it's like yeah and i was like he has no idea that he just kind of agreed with like a socialist sentiment. Like that's hilarious to me. And he's like a right winger. Like, I think he's going to vote Trump. Like it's, it's crazy. <laughs> those, are the, those are a lot of, those people can be turned over as long as they're not like full on. I think a lot of know. Trump supporters are just uneducated leftists. Like, well, I the, think the they the love the is a lot of them. A lot of them are working class and Trump promised like helping them out. So yeah. they, like the, a lot those, of conservatives promise helping those people. Um, and the Democrats, do that but they do it in a different way where they like focus on like the people who are like the most fi- uh, economically like destroyed right which is fine we should focus on those people i think but the they Democrats don't, they don't are just like, really bad push, at messaging yeah they don't push like working class rhetoric as well as bernie sanders did that's why bernie sanders did so well is he pushed working class rhetoric not just poor people rhetoric um which both are very important obviously like and 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 they enter they intersect as well but um there's there's not as much focus on the working class, and that's what Trump did really well. Is his rhetoric was like super pro worker, um, which I think put a bunch of people in this like Trump pipeline. It's like, hey man, do you realize Trump didn't do anything for you like yeah. at all? Yeah, and then and then they're like, nah, man, Trump built the economy up. Look, we got the greatest economy in history. Oh, like, we've already gone over that. <laughs> and well, but the thing is, their paychecks. They a lot of them. I've had a lot of people say to me that their paychecks are slightly better because the Trump tax cuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're think, slightly better, but not not as much as they, they could be. But it's not their paychecks that are better. It's just there's less taken out of it. Yeah, I yeah. I don't want this video to go too or podcast to go too much longer. Oh but yeah, we can cut it off. It's but, been like what hour twenty. Yeah, but um, towards the end, I just wanted to say that a lot we do need to do a lot of. Uh, let me close myself <laughs> again. But I think we need to take the a lot of the tactics of the right not like how they use them specifically but how they're done but i think a big one is that we need to control framing because the right gets a lot of power in controlling framing so i think with taxes per se we do not view necessary private things such as insurance as taxes we view them more of as expenses because yeah yeah I don't understand why we view taxes as bad, but we view having to pay so much to insurance as okay. Yeah, because- the short thing with like insurance is like everyone's like, I don't, I don't want to have nationalized healthcare because I don't want to pay for a, a poor person when they get hurt. But it's like you're you're doing that now. You're paying for someone else when they get hurt with your insurance. Well, it's, it's probably more expensive too. And most economics or economists believe that well, we need, Medicare we need- for all is cheaper. 
We need people to take the medlock pill, you know, tax positivity. Dude, this is what I've been trying to do. Everyone I talk to, it's like, why are taxes so bad? They build our roads. They educate our children. Taxes are pretty great, man. Why are you so against them? For sure. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I think this has been a really good conversation. Cam, let's, uh, let's talk about progressing yeah. these ideas. <laughs> I, I can record. I don't know if I should put this on air. But uh, I can record this weekend before I leave back to go back to college. And don't you have a whole setup at your house? I don't have a setup, but I brought my... Um, I mean, at your uh, college campus. Yeah. It's not great. I wanted to do more like outside stuff for videos because a lot of people just like... ISO has this thing where he's just on his computer talking like this. Yeah. Like, it's not a bad thing, but well, I, I do want right to go on, and like... I have my camera right here. I try to look at it sometimes. Yeah. I, <laughs> I do want to go with like a high quality thing, like an outside like speaker kind yeah, of deal. Yeah, yeah, We can talk more about this later. Yeah. Because I got a lot of ideas. Yeah. And I do want to get some other people on a lot of different topics, but that that's a long-term project, not something I need to be putting on here. Yeah. Um, but it, it was great talking to you. I'm glad that I finally have a host that might be able to record regularly with me. <laughs> and I'm glad I should for, be able to. Yeah, I'm, I'm, glad glad for, you, I'm glad you got a second host so you can put out more stuff. Yeah. Because um, I want to listen in. Uh, thank you to Isocratic here for being here. Yeah, it was um, really good to meet you and talk to you. Yes, uh, guest too, again. Uh, go check Heck out yeah. his channel. It should be in the description. If I uh, failed to put it in the description, I'm sorry. Please. I just hit You're 200. Not fail. I finally hit 200. We're getting there. You know, well, uh, 200 today, 200,000 tomorrow. All right. Big dog, big bear <laughs> over here. Yeah. His videos are really good, so go please check them out. And um, thank you for tuning in.